What's going on? My name is Amy J, and I'm a 21-year-old college grad with a background in neuroscience. I'm fascinated by all things related to brains and have recently come to explore the mind through self-discovery and holistic wellness. Through my podcast, I hope that you'll learn how neuroscience and psychology are interrelated and that you'll be able to use this understanding to maximize your overall well-being. I invite you to grow with me as we discover what happens when brain meets mind. for me has done much more than introduce me to the anatomical structure and cognitive function of the human body. It's led me to wonder how the mind works and what can allow us to be better thinkers, kinder beings, and the best possible versions of ourselves. In each of my podcasts, I hope to shed some light on the scientific basis of a process or a phenomenon, which I'll often do through research articles, other podcasts, or my underlying knowledge from my undergraduate education, and then I'll take all of that and relate that back to mental processes, including mindfulness and meditation, which we could all use a little bit more of in our day-to-day lives. So I want to share a little bit more about my interest. I grew up watching football with my family, and it wasn't until probably closer to the end of high school or early undergrad that I began to notice a trend. And this was sparked by seeing so many football players have concussions or these head injuries that would lead to things such as traumatic brain injury. And at the same time, I noticed another aspect of the football industry where a lot of players were also facing legal issues regarding domestic violence um, or abuse in some way or another and a lot of these negative um, kind of psychological effects that came with it. One player in particular, Aaron Hernandez, he played with the New England Patriots for a while if you're not familiar with his case and he actually ended up committing suicide in jail and after his death during his autopsy they found that he did have signs of traumatic brain injury in his brain tissue. So that led me to wonder is there a connection between mechanical stimuli in the brain and the psychological effects that it can have on a living being? Around the same time when I started college, I was introduced to something called osteopathic medicine by a panel of medical students who were visiting my undergrad institution. And for those of you who aren't familiar with osteopathic medicine, basically, if you were to go to med school, there's two different ways that you can become a doctor. And there's one where you could become a DO, and the other one is where you become an MD, like medical doctor. Most people have usually seen medical doctors, but there's about 150,000 practicing DOs and osteopathic medical students in the U.S. today. DOs tend to emphasize the body's tendency towards self-healing and health, and they tend to approach the patient with holistic wellness in mind. This process is actually facilitated by something called osteopathic manipulative medicine, which is also known as osteopathic manipulative therapy, which DOs will actually receive an additional 200 hours of training in compared to medical students on the allopathic medicine route. So I want to introduce you to the principles of osteopathic medicine. There's four of them, and these tenets are kind of used to serve as a foundation for treating patients um, through the osteopathic medicine mindset. So the first one is that the body is a unit. The person is a unit of body, mind, and spirit. The second one states that the body is capable of self-regulation, self-healing, and health maintenance. 
structure and function are reciprocally interrelated. And the last one is that rational treatment is based upon an understanding of the basic principles of body unity, self-regulation, and the interrelationship of structure and function. These are defined by the American Osteopathic Association, also known as the AOA, and I think they are really helpful in understanding that an illness or some kind of disease is just more than the symptoms that you might see. It's all underlying. And while science has progressed tremendously in modern day 2019, there is a lot that the body is capable of. Um, it always leads me to think how cavemen or people back in the 1600s and onwards must have survived around all of these microorganisms and allowed their bodies to do a lot of that healing on their own. So that's a little bit about my background and kind of some of my interests. And through this podcast, I hope to kind of show you how all of these align with active changes that you can make in your health to support your overall well-being, whether it be mental, physical, or both. So I want to go ahead and take a look at a specific study that I found. This was um, done by John Hopkins, and in this Hopkins Medicine article, they specifically highlighted the anatomy of the human body and the psychological changes of the mind with regard to the gastrointestinal system and how that can make you feel based on what you eat. So if you've ever felt butterflies in your stomach before a presentation, a cute date, or a big interview, you've likely experienced an example of this. The article highlights the enteric nervous system, which if you're not familiar with it, it's basically a system composed of millions of nerve cells that line the gastrointestinal tract, and it's actually thought to be the second brain in addition to the three-pound organ that we used to think. So Dr. J. Pash Richa, the director of the John Hopkins Center for Neurogastroenterology, shared that researchers and doctors used to believe that anxiety and depression contributed to gastrointestinal problems. However, recent evidence has actually suggested that GI irritation may send signals to the brain and spinal cord that can affect our moods. I think this is really interesting to think about because when you really take into perspective what you're putting into your body on a daily basis and how your mood changes throughout the day, it's very possible that these are connected in some way or another. And given that 40% of the population tends to struggle with gastrointestinal problems, it's interesting to consider that mental health may well be associated with metabolic processes within the body. This understanding opens up doors for treatments such as antidepressants and cognitive behavior therapy, which are usually used to treat brain-related illnesses. And instead, you can use those as a possible solution for treating digestive disorders. For more on this study, be sure to check out my website where you can find the entire article and read a little bit more into how gastroenterology works. So at the end of each podcast, I'll be including a weekly challenge, which I hope you'll consider to step out of your comfort zone. This week, I encourage you to consider a phenomenon, a process, or an idea that you've always had around you. Whether it's throwing a football, driving your car, taking ibuprofen for your headache, or whatever it may be, take the time to learn about how it works. All it takes is a simple Google search, and if you're adventurous enough, maybe take a tour of a product facility or even a class on something. You know your brain is capable of it, so you just have to let your mind prove it. All right, so be sure to subscribe for the latest shows and follow at Brain Needs Mind Podcast on Instagram. I'll be sharing some motivational quotes throughout the week to keep you going until another new episode comes out. Thanks for giving today's episode a listen. I appreciate each and every one of you more than you know. I'll see you next Monday for another new episode. Have a great week.